Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is England is Burning. It is the 27th of October, 2021. This is from the ATL, your National League champion home of the Atlanta Braves, but we're not talking about baseball. The World Series started and Braves won in game one. So all that takes is three more, three more in first Braves title World Series since 1995. Uh, so that that's you know, great news uh, for Atlanta, but that's not what you're tuning in for. This is your Manchester United Women Weekly Feature. Uh, we are going through the round of talking with everybody about first grade, first grade, no, not first grade, first quarter grades. Uh, it is the first quarter is completed in the league season. Uh, and we are going talking to everyone about you know, like where they see their their clubs at at this first quarter mark. So this so today we have Mark back from the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club back again today to talk to us about wh- what kind of grades he's going to hand out for the first quarter for Manchester United Women. Mark, welcome back. How are you? Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, I understand, though, Mark, things have been a little weird in Manchester United country um, for the last 48 hours. Uh, We we won't touch on that too much because we'll go on a weird rabbit hole tangent, um, you know, and so forth. So uh, I I, but I I do want to say I feel your pain, uh, you you know, from Sunday. Uh, It it was uh, it was quite a quite a sight. I I will also tell you transparently that I I myself was yelling at the TV screen uh, about what was going on uh, there um, as well. So let's talk about the ladies, though. Ladies are on break now. Uh, Ella Toon had a hat trick in her um, most recent um, international um, um, uh, against, I would say, probably lackluster competition, but still gets a a hat trick is a hat trick, I would say. So that was probably something to be definitely proud of. Ella Toon has really one of been the top players for United this year. But let's talk about, so the format is this on first far as the first quarter grades are concerned. So a little bit different than we did last last year. So we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to break the team down. We're going to start with the forwards, go to the midfielders, and then go to defensive line and goalkeeping, and then talk about the manager. So I'm going to ask Mark here and ask him what his grades are for each of those sections. Trick is, though, we're going to weigh the coaching one, the manager, double points, because I think it is worth more than just one of the other sections. So the other thing is, is that we're going to give grades A, excellent, B, above average, C, average, D, below average, and F, straight up failure. Then we're going to assign points to each one, of course, four for A, three for B, two for C, one for D, and of course, big flat zero for a F grade. Uh, Then we'll kind of add that up and come up with a point average at the very end. So you ready, Mark? Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. So we let's just do a recap of where United is at so far um, in, in terms of just doing a real quick recap of results. Real quick, let me pull that up on my screen here. Um, so, well, hold on. They are currently fourth place in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I suspect that that's kind of was somewhat to be expected. Uh, the round of games, first game of the season, a 2-0 against Reading. Uh, next game after that was away at Leicester City. That was a 3-1. Uh, a, a, a resounding, I guess best word to describe, resounding loss to Chelsea, 6-1. to A bounce back against Birmingham, 2-0. And a draw in the Derby uh, in a weirdly contested and refereed match. Uh, if we were to give grades for referees, I think that might end up being what it zero yeah uh yeah I, i'd have to i'd have to agree with that but um and uh, i rob from if you want to watch the chelsea show uh rob had his own had his uh opinions that we should probably get it get everybody together you rob josh kate get everybody together do a round table just on the referees uh and so forth uh that would be incredibly entertaining <laughs> sign me up get me the date i'm there Okay, you're there. Okay, we we might actually do it. I got two people on board uh, on that, so that might not work out. Um, all right. So, um, so, uh, and then in the Conti Cup, um, you know, uh, that was a that was a win on penalties there uh, yeah. as well against uh, Durham uh, at Durham on that weird artificial pitch. Um, so, uh, interesting start so far. So things, you know, how do you feel like you know fourth place in the league? Opening round, win on penalties in the Conti Cup. 
in terms of in general, how do you feel like the team is standing right now at the end of the first quarter of the season? I think we're in in a really, really, really good place. Considering mm-hmm. uh, before the season even kicked off, there was a lot of people who were writing United off, saying that uh, we wouldn't be in the top part of the table because of the players we've brought in, the manager, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think we've come out and we've shown a togetherness as a team. And we're, I think we're in a really, really good position. I, I said it last week at the end of the show. The, this season is, is being turned upside down with City down in ninth, Tottenham up in third. You know, obviously you've got Arsenal and Chelsea. Just, you know, I think the season's been turned upside down. Um, so I, I think we're in a really good place. The manager is implementing his philosophy, but we'll get on to, to that a bit later on. But yeah, I'm, I think we're exceeding some people's expectations, but to most of the others, we're exactly where we should be. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. I, and I would agree. I, I, I would say, you know, um, if it, it, I would say this, actually, if it wasn't for Tottenham kind of surprising people a little bit in being in third, I think United actually would be in third. Um, yeah. City, you know, with all of the injuries and, and mishaps and, and so forth, um, you know, it's a shocking surprise that they're in ninth um, and so forth. And, and you know, um, and we know that Willie Kirk did end up winning the sack race, uh, you know, between him and Garrett Taylor at the end. Um but you know it's pretty. It is pretty surprising. But overall, you know things. Things I would say things are pretty positive on the United front on the women's side uh, overall. But let's break it down. Let's drill down. Uh, as we said, we're going to drill down each of the, each parts of the team here and see kind of where you, where things at. But you know what's interesting, Mark? I was looking to see like the you know sort of the basic statistics for United. Uh, and I noticed this: your leading goal scorer is a t- is a tie between two players. Uh, Ella Toon, Alyssa Russo, forwards. We're going to start with the forwards and wingers first. Um, but what I noticed is, let me run down the list of everyone who's just scored at least one goal. So you got Toon, Russo, Ona Batil, Leah Galton, Thorsetier, Hansen, Lucy Staniforth, and Martha Thomas. So it is spread out over, what, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players have scored at least one goal for United this season um, and so forth. Interestingly enough, though, there's only three people that have an assist. Um, so um, so that's, I think, very interesting. And I think it also speaks to the, you know, kind of uh, of um, Mark Skinner's, the manager's tactics so far. Contributed, you know, a lot of people have contributed a goal. Uh, your leading uh, assist people are um, actually Alatoon, again, uh, another forward and someone who we'll talk about later, uh, Hannah Blundell in the defense um, with three. What, what are your thoughts about your your forward line? Your Ella Toon, uh, Russo, Galton, uh, Hanson. What you, what grade would you give them? What what thoughts do you have with them so far? I, I think currently in women's football, we have in Ella Toon the most. Um, watched player the most, the player who scored. You know, last night, as you said, she's she's played for England. She scored a hat trick, and she's in she's in really good form. Uh, I think currently across the women's league, I, I think you would say probably Tooney is that person. Um, but Tooney for me, and, and we've talked about it. Tooney for me, for me, isn't a, isn't a forward. She's she's. I think her best position is midfield or maybe as a number 10. But Mark, at the beginning of the season against Reading and Leicester, he played her as a false number nine. And she did her job. She she played well. I, I, uh, when I first watched Tooney, I, I had questions about where her best position is. And I still think now Mark and Casey are still trying to answer that question themselves of where her best mm-hmm. role is. Um, but you can't drop her. You have to play her because she is that the player in form. Um, so for me, too, I, I'm I'm getting more and more impressed with Tooney every game. Her positioning is is good. Her her passing is is spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Lessie Russo, for me, is like a new signing because we, she missed most of last season through a, a hamstring injury. And I think then when she came back, she picked up injuries through training. But Lessie, the last couple of games, I I really like Lessie Russo. I think she's, um, not to make myself sound older, but she's an old-fashioned centre-forward. To me, she's kind of like a Mark Hughes, strong and powerful, will hold up players, will have their back to goal and then spin around on it. And I think, Lessie, the last couple of games against Durham and against City and her bit performances before those games, she's she's done incredibly well. So, again, it's Lessie is a number nine and you can play Tooney behind her. I, I, I don't have an issue, a problem with that. Um, and then you've got your two wingers and Kirsty Hansen and, and Leah. And I don't think there's anything more you can say about Leah Golton that hasn't already been said. Um, she's got she's naturally left footed, she's fast, she's strong, and she's powerful. And when you know, I think there was a game last season, and I think it was Birmingham, and you and I were talking about it, where Birmingham tried to mark her out to the game and by doing so they gave every other player on that on the forward line for United a, a, a more to go at and I think more teams fear Leah than, than actually we look at and we see the way they set up and I like Leah I like the way she's, she's only got one thing on her mind and that's getting forward and then you've got Kirsty Hansen on the other side who I think again is a superstar in the making um, mm-hmm. same as Leah, fast strong and the, the ability that they both have is that when they can get into the corners and they can whip a ball in to to go for an, to, for for Alessia Russo to, to attack or maybe two need to attack the proper wingers for me they probably play with a proper enjoyment of getting forward and attacking and pushing their defenders back um and then you've got Martha Thomas who currently is is injured but again she's stepped in with with a goal and again, she's only looks to go forward. She's she's not holding to go back and play the ball back to the midfield. She wants the ball played in front of her so she can attack the defenders. Overall, I, I mean, last season we had an attacking force that was it was okay. This season, with the way Lessie has come back, I think it's a lot better. I, I'm very impressed with the front line. Performing so far, I think overall, if you if you have to give them a score, I don't want to go over. I don't want to be over over United and go oh ten out of ten. I wouldn't do that. I, I've got to say, I think a good seven, seven, maybe seven, even seven and a half out of ten. I don't want to say it's been perfect because there's been times when it clearly hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. But. What you're seeing now is in our attacking way, and I think we've spoken about it over the last few weeks when we've talked about Casey being defensively, but Mark doing something different. He's building from, yes, he's building from the back, but he's also building from the front. And I think mm-hmm. all of our attacking players this season, they've been really, really good. I think a good seven, or, you know, a good seven is... is a, so would you say a C or a B? Above average or average? I would say a, a, a B plus. <laughs> okay. So that's a B. Uh, it's, we're going to, yeah, we're going to do, put it at a B then. I'll put you yeah. down at a B. So one of the things I find interesting though, is you talk about stars in the making. Elisa Russo uh, is 22. Yeah. Um, Kirsty Hansen is 23. Ella is 22. Um. So these are players on the rise in terms of, you know, in, in their careers where they are. They're not even at where you would expect these uh, uh, and so forth. So that's the thing that's first, you know, that's one of the 
the score goals. I mean, I knew that you had good and so forth, but we to score. Well, the answer turned out to be pretty much everybody. Um, but, um, but in terms of the way the tactics have played out, you know, uh, Ella Toon is doing extremely well. Um, you know, she's come in with six goal contributions so far. Um, you know, that's on par, on par with some of the folks in you know, some of the forward lines uh, at Chelsea and at Arsenal uh, currently um, and so forth. And she is also she, she's got 36 and 0.8 percent of her shots on target, um, you know, which leads a team of all players that have done shot had more than five shots uh, on target. Um, and so forth. Her goal, you know, goal conversion of goal sticks to expected goals um, is sits at plus, you know, zero point five, which is good. Um, you know, I certainly would give them be. The only thing that I have, the only thing that I have is if you look at the things they have, they've shot eight, they have eight seven shots overall through the big seed so far. Only 22 of them are not. Oh, and we'll just break it down. That probably needs to get there. Um, but your four line of L2 is at 36.8. Uh, and Martha is at 20%. Kirsty is at 31. Galton, who's not really a shooter anyway, she's at 20. That's to be expected. And Russo is at 25%. I yeah i'm still here i'm i don't okay. know if i'm breaking up or you are i'm not sure which side i, it's I don't really i don't really know um no. don't really i think it might be both of us um yeah, at the same time but we'll yeah. we'll power through so let's talk about the midfield yeah. uh and, and um my my thing about midfields is this is that y'all you know please remember to smash a like on this video please remember also to subscribe please remember also to share with your friends on social media um because basically my my advertising budget is essentially a venti coffee at starbucks uh that's about it um and then uh also if you're listening to us because you know you, you don't want to look at my receiving hairline then, you know, also just give a five-star review. Yeah, I'm, I see things shining off your head. Uh, maybe people don't <laughs> want to see that. <laughs> there might be a glare. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, if you, you don't want to see that mess, then then listen to us on the podcast. Uh, but also give us a review on there. Also share with your friends uh, on social media as well. But, y'all, if you're new to watching women's football, you're new to watching football in general, I will say this. It is not a myth. If you control the midfield, then you control the game. And, you know, and you in the midfield is literally the heart of the team, in my opinion. They how they do is really going to play out to how the team is going to do overall, both on offense and on defense. So you expect the midfield to be multi-purpose, basically, uh, depending how long your lineup is. You could have wingers and you have wingbacks in the in the mid in the uh, midfield. If you're playing like a three five two or three four three kind of setup, um, but they got to do both. So when we look at United's midfield, you look at them so far this season. What are your thoughts about them, and what grade would you give them so far in the first quarter? So the the midfield for me is the most intriguing part of the pitch. I used to play football at, at not not at any decent level, but I used to play football and I was a midfielder. So I know it's the you know like you said, it's the complete engine room of the team. It's where the work goes in. Um, and I think United's women's uh, we have some very 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 good midfielders. Um, Katie Zellum, the captain. It seems to me she has, for every one good game she will have, she'll then have like an off game the following game. Uh, there's no, um, the, the, she doesn't seem to keep 
any uh, anything going. It seems to be up one week, down the other week, or somewhere in the middle. And I, I like Katie. I've, I've, I like Katie since I saw her playing the championship. She's very good on um, set pieces. She's very good on dead ball situations. So I like Katie. She's also the captain, so I also think that adds another responsibility to her. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Jackie Gronin, who by out far is probably the most adored player from the United fans, is Jackie. And mm-hmm. you understand why. I think the only the only downside to Jackie and the only thing that she lacks is goal scoring. She can do it for Holland. She seems mm-hmm. to do it for... for uh, she just can do it. It's just that for United, it's just not happened yet. And nothing will be... I, 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 I hope I don't miss the game where she scores, because I think that would devastate me. Because I want <laughs> to be there to see it. Um, and I think Jackie is our, one of our best midfielders. And I, I don't think any of the other midfielders will take offence to that. I think most of them would, would agree. you then got someone like Lucy Staniforth, who um, I didn't know a lot about until she joined United. And now, with her performances, I think she's probably now one of the first names... If on the team sheet, if 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 she if if Mark feels that she can influence that game, she only again she's very much very attacking, more more attacking than defensive, mm-hmm. and she the way she plays I think is impressive. She only looks forward, which for a midfielder is probably essential. Mm-hmm. After that, you've then got Vilderbarisa. Now, the I don't. Can't say really say a lot about it. She's only played two games, I think, for United. She played in the Conti game. She played against Reading. And I, I think it's very harsh to, to judge her. But mm-hmm. she's a different kind of midfielder than what we've got. And I think to see the best of her, you have to probably see a tactical formational change. Because mm-hmm. I think she's more a box-to-box midfielder. So... A, a Patrick Vieira kind of player, a, a Roy Keane, someone who will do jobs at both at the defensive side and the offensive side. But I want to see more of her. And what I have seen of her, I'm like, yeah, get her in the team. Let's mm-hmm. start her. And then you've got the biggest surprise so far of the United midfield season. And that's Hayley Ladd. She's not started a game in the WSL. She mm-hmm. has, has started a game in the Conte. And I think Hayley Ladd's last season was the most, is the player that you would have seen start more games than not. I think towards the back end of the season, we kind of all knew there was an injury mm-hmm. problem because she was getting subbed off. And as you and I spoke many times when those things happened, once she went off, we kind of conceded the goal. And that shows the importance of of her. And I think going back to the, when I started on the midfields, I think what Mark Skinner is doing is, He's making Katie's element of that kind of DM, that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Overall, for the for the midfield, I, I, I'm going to say I've been impressed, but I've not been overly impressed. I, I'm going to say a six, a, a standard, a good, an average C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and because one of the questions I had for you was whether or not you wanted to see more of. Borisa and Haley Ladd, because, you know, they, you know, Haley's had 31 minutes on the pitch in the league so far. Uh, Borisa's only had 94. Expected goals plus assists per ninety per ninety minutes, far beyond anyone else in the midfield is always pushing forward. She has the one goal of all the midfielders, um, you know, on the squad. Um, Katie Zellum has at least one assist, um, you know, going forward. Uh, in terms of you know that so from the offensive side, I'd kind of want to see a little bit more um, 
you know, so I'm hoping that uh, Jackie is more, you know, gets more involved offensively, um, you know, and, and yeah, might have, I don't, we might need to call somebody if Jackie ends up scoring, um, yeah. you know, I, I see her potential being, and it's no fault of anybody, I think, uh, but Jackie's um, potential has been somewhat untapped so far. Uh, we haven't really seen that. We've seen little glimmers of it. So that's why she's probably a fan favorite is they see like, hey, if she really got going in the right situation, yeah. I mean, you'd have another star on your hands. Um, and she's an, you know, she's an international, if I'm correct, on the, uh, the Netherlands squad yeah, um, and so forth. So, um so moving forward, but then I look at them defending. Let's look at this other stuff. Um, Katie Zellum, for for example, though um, she is second on the team in shot creating actions. She's got three point eight per ninety, um, and Lucy has fourteen overall. Um, and also Katie also has three goal creating actions, so she's kind of doing both on the defensive side. Um, Katie Zellum and Jackie both are near the top on the team um, with nine one tackles. Interesting enough, do you know who the leader on the team is in in tackles one? No, go on. That would Kirsty Hansen. Yeah, it uh, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, Kirsty Hansen lead leads the team uh, in um, in one tackles um, and so forth. Jackie Gronin also is. Uh, out of those uh, players on the team that have had more than 15 pressures or successful pressures, she has a percentage of successful pressures of 39%, uh, which leads the team also. Uh, she has the most, I think, um, yeah, and Kirsty Hansen actually has the most successful pressures, but uh, Jackie also leads the midfield as well. Um, and Katie has the most the on the midfield has the most tackles plus interceptions total. Um, it's a solid midfield, but I think it's a could be better midfield. Yeah, and I, I, I think that comes down to look. I, as I said before, I'm a very old fashioned f- footballing fan. I like I like my midfielders and my wingers to do their jobs. I I, I think in modern, today's modern football, you know, you and I were talking off cam about the men's side and I, you know it seems a very popular thing nowadays mm-hmm. to play two defensive midfielders mm-hmm. i don't i don't see the point in it i'm i'm sorry if that upsets some people i don't see it and i think you've got someone like Vilderbo-Risa and if you put Vilderbo-Risa and Jackie together with your dm be that Hayley Ladd or Katie Zellum whoever it whoever it may be you'd see something different you'd see you know you know, Jackie to get forward, Vilda to get forward, but also Vilda to get back and do her mm-hmm. defensive side, as well mm-hmm. as Katie. And I think it's things like that that you, you you would love to see and I would love to see. The midfielder, you know, the other side to it, the other side to the midfielder, which I think you need to have in there is someone who's, who is who can make a tackle. And I, I, I think you're leaving out Hayley Ladd who can make that tackle for you. So, you. But I, I said to you at the very beginning when we started back doing these, I said how he's going to fit everyone into his midfield is going to be pretty mm-hmm. impressive if, if he can do it. And I think it's become clear that there are players within that team right now who are undroppable because of the form they're in, and yes. you're now having mm-hmm. to fit others in around them. So, am I happy with the midfield? Yeah. Could it be better? I, I I completely agree. Think it could be better. I think there, there could be some slight tactical changes or player play, different players playing. But overall, the mid the midfield this season has been solid, with the exception mm-hmm. of the Chelsea game. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I I think it's done averagely well. I think that's the best you can say. It's not over impressed. It's not under impressed. They've been just where they are each and every week. Yeah. I, I mean, I prefer, you know, when we talk about sort of tactically about midfielders, um, I have never, ever been a fan of two holding midfielders. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, it, 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 now, if you want to play a more defensive game, 
If you want to grind out 1-0, then go ahead with your two defensive midfielders. Go ahead with it. Go ahead yeah. and enjoy. But but to me, I, I don't like that. I prefer to have one holding midfielder to protect the back line. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I know that teams who are a little bit uh, weary of their back line will put in two holding midfielders, not yeah. necessarily by choice, um, but by, you know, need um because their back line is is a little bit uh you know paper mache ish um to say the least i've seen that happen um but overall i would prefer a one holding midfielder another box to box and another sort of mazala roaming playmaker that type of player uh and i think we have that on the united squad the other thing i want to see with that i mean and that's what i like to see i like to see someone you know you know, like a Mazala type, a rolling playmate, roaming playmaker, you know, and so forth. Someone who's a box to box and then someone who's going to be a, a, a CDM, um, that kind of setup or a defensive midfielder or however way you want to put it uh, is what I would prefer. What I want to see is with my midfield is for them to dominate the game. Yeah. It's to essentially dominate the midfield, dominate the game. You dominate the midfield, you dominate the game. Like in American football, if you dominate the line of scrimmage, you win the game. You know, in this football, you dominate the midfield, you win the game mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. And I've seen the really, really good teams in this league. They dominate the midfield, Yeah, you know, and that's where United needs to get to because I haven't seen them dominate that midfield consistently. So um, so I give them, I, I myself, I agree. I give them a C, but but I give them kind of a CB because they, they are they are solid. Yeah, but uh, dominating, no. But yeah. um, but they're, they're solid. I can't, you know. I, there's no way I'd give them a grade lower than a C, yeah. and by any stretch of imagination, yeah. I don't think anyone is grossly underperforming. No. Um, you know, there are undroppable players. Um, both, you know, or at least I may have some given her what she brings. All right, we're back. There we go. Oh. <laughs> we're back. I don't know what happened there, but we're back. So I was talking about the defense yeah. um, and so forth. Uh, I will try to edit that last uh, 30 seconds out. So we're talking about the defense uh, yeah. with uh, United. And, and because of Millie Turner's injury, that was a very unfortunate. She's been a rock in the in that back line. Uh, yeah. you know, so Alfie Manon, who was transferred from City, uh, Thor Satir, Blundell, and our player of the year, Bethel, um, yeah. in the back line. Uh, Mary, solid in the in the goal goalkeeping spot. There have been no other goalkeepers back there. Um, so your thoughts about the back line and goalkeeping so far this season? So I think it's probably easier if we start with the, the goalkeeping side. Mary is an ever-present. Um, she does her job. She For me, she's one of the best shot stoppers in the WSL. My only criticism of Mary, and I think it's fairly, uh, 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 I think it's it's out there. People say the same is her distribution. Her distribution mm-hmm. is either really, really good, or sometimes it's really, really bad. Uh, but overall, 
I think for the first time, Mary has proper competition in Sophie Bagley mm-hmm. for the goalkeeping position. And and I always, I always think it's best for players if they have competition for for you know competition to compete to get them into the team. I, I have you know I, I don't think Sophie's quite there yet in terms of getting into the WSL part of the team, but she's definitely pushing Mary, and I like to see that. Mary, you you know you've got to um, give Mary a you know a seven. Uh, I think seven is a fair score for Mary. I mean, some of the goals, especially against Chelsea, you could say she could have stopped them. Definitely one against Leicester again. You could say she could have stopped, but I think Mary is definitely a, a seven, a good seven out of ten. So a B, uh, you know, a B for me is. I mm-hmm. think, Perfectly fair for Mary. The defence, and I think we've got a, a lot of defenders, and you know, you've got the likes of someone like Kirsty Smith, who who's been injured, hasn't played a minute of football yet, um, and I think that's unfortunate. She is coming back from from injury. You've then got Mill, who is, as you said, been the ever present. She's been the rock in in at the centre of that team, and she picked up an injury during the game at Leicester, and it it wasn't. At the time, it didn't sound good, and it still doesn't sound good. But she's no longer wearing a knee brace. She's she's participating in upper body training. I don't know yet when she'll start to take part in in actual training. Um, and you lose those two. The, those two, there are you know, Kirsty's a Scottish international, Millie's an England international. You you know, you lose those. You think, wow, we've we've got some trouble. But then you've got players like Martha Harris, who is, you know, she's played the odd bit. She's played in the Conti Cup. Again, she's a, she's a solid defender. She's got experience of the WSL. Mm-hmm. So you take those three and, and they're the bit part players. But then you talk about the, the back four that's played near enough to every minute in Hannah, Aoife, and Maria and Honor. Now, I, I can't give any, on a on a Badia any more superlatives than we've already done. She has been our best player last season. She's maybe not up to the standards she was last season now, but she's still up there. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know where her best position is yet. I don't know whether she's a right back, a left back, a right full back, uh, sorry, a right wing back or a left wing back or a winger yet. I, I still don't know. But she's by far one of our best players so far this season. Um, then you've got Maria, who came in almost a year ago in January 2020 from um, oh no, this January, January 21 from mm-hmm. Chelsea. And she didn't, you know, there were some games when she played, and we're all like, ooh, ooh, yeah, I'm not sure about this one. Ooh, is mm-hmm. she an improvement on what what we've got? Mm-hmm. And that's. And that's no, um, that was a bit of criticism aimed towards her. However, now she's coming, she's had a pre-season under her belt. Yep. She's obviously got someone like Vilda in the side who she plays with in the national team. So mm-hmm. she's got that connection. And now Hannah Blundell as well from Chelsea. So she's got a connection with some more of the players. And she's coming in and she's becoming that kind of rock at the back. And to me, she's a proper centre-half. She'll stick her head where people shouldn't really put their heads. And she chips in with the odd goal, as as, as you said at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Aoife. Aoife's come in with this. She wants to get to the fans. She wants to have the fans on side. But she's also a proper player. And she's a proper centre-half. She kind of breaks play up a bit. And she can carry the ball out. And... I know when we've talked in the past, we talked about Amy and Millie being Rio mm-hmm. and Nemanja Vidic. <laughs> right. Actually, you can see the same similarities in Aoife and Maria Thoris in the same way. Maria will stick her head where no person should stick their head and Aoife mm-hmm. will carry the ball out from the back. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think those, those two as a, as a pairing are really, really good. And then you've got for me, the player of the season so far in Hannah Blundell. She's mm-hmm. come in and she's literally 
She's made the right back. She's gone from right back to left back. And no matter which side she's on, she creates space. She can put in a in in a cross. She can make a tackle. And I know, you know, me saying she's my player of the year when you've got someone like Tooney who's getting goals and assists for mm-hmm. fun. But you've got to watch Hannah Blundell do what she does. And I I think she's she's been brilliant. I think one of the positions, you know, last season we all were saying that Honor's the best defender we've seen in ages at United. Mm-hmm. Hannah Blundell's come in and done exactly the same. And you're looking at Hannah Blundell and you're going, wow. So for me, you, I, I'm giving... You've got to look at the defence again as a whole. Yep. And you've got to look at some of the mistakes they made. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. some of those mistakes happened against Chelsea. And there's, right. there's no... There's no harm in those things happening, but they do happen. And again, I, I might be a bit harsh, but I, I think the defence gets a solid B. Mm-hmm. So let me talk about Mary first, and, and, but also this bleeds into, segues right into the defence. So uh, Mary definitely is being, definitely, certainly being pushed. Um, I mean, she has a quality or potential very quality league gold keeper behind her in Sophie. Uh, we saw Sophie stand on her head uh, last season, all last season um, and so forth. So, um, and, you know, you know, certainly would be a solid keeper for cup matches and, and so forth going forward. Um, in terms of Mary is, is concerned is, is um, Mary. I mean, of course she's an English, England national uh, international playing on the on the uh, lionesses side uh, and so forth but one of the things i looked at with her is is two statistics and, and that one more aligns with her one more aligns with the defense so there is a statistic called post shot expected goals minus goals allowed and you mentioned earlier about her letting in uh some couple of goals or a few goals here where maybe she should have gotten a save on that or got it out of there. Um, And, you know, when you have a negative number, that means you're allowing more goals than expected. And her number is negative 1.6. And that is, you know, one of the lower, you know, one of the lower numbers in the league overall. Um, Now, we also made her, saw her make a wonderful save um, on the shot that eventually ended up with um, Ellen White scoring. I, I, I think it was Rosa Parks from City taking, you know, and she made a magical save that unfortunately hit the bar um, and landed right at the feet of Ellen White. So that was un, rather unfortunate. But her, um, you know, that that stat of negative 1.6, you want that to be in the positive. You want that to be, you know, as I say, in the green. But here's where the defense comes in. So. There is another statistic which basically measures the expected goals per shot on target against a goalkeeper. And you want to be, if you have a good defense in front of you, uh, you want that number to be around zero in the 0. 0.3, 0.35. The good teams, the really good teams are sitting at 0. 0.29. The goal, the expected goals per shot on target against Mary Earp so far is 0. 44, which is inc- very high. That's a very, very high number. So what that basically means is that the expected goals for the shots that she's getting is like at 44%. Um, so the shots that are actually coming at her on target are like really good shots. So that actually speaks in her favor because she's having to, to face harder shots you know, to save that also then speaks to some liability with how the defense is managed. The defense is now um, looking at the defense. There are, unfortunately, Hannah Blundell has, has leads the team in errors that lead to shots uh, on the team. You expect that from a defender, but she has more than um, more than usual. Uh, Maria has the other one. Um so there is some, you know, solidity that needs to happen, which I think is happening. They need to be more solid. But then you have to take into context, though, that they played against Chelsea. 
Yeah. <laughs> and gave up six goals. Um, you know, so that might be an outlier when you look at, you know, you know, like you have Chelsea over here and then you got, you know, playing against Leicester and Birmingham. So the stats may not tell the whole story so far because it's probably skewed towards the 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 the, the Chelsea the Chelsea situation. And so Ona, her stats speak for themselves. I'm not gonna bore you all with her stats. Her stats are incredible. Um and um you know uh Hannah Blundell I think has been a really good signing. Yeah, a really good signing, uh, and I expect I, I expect more from her. Not because I don't think she's done enough. I just expect that as she gets more in, in tune, more involved in the in system, gets to know her teammates better, uh, and so forth. Um, uh, it's going to get better, um, and so forth. Alfie and Maria, um, you know, we we had the two Turners as your center back pairing last season. Now we got Maria and Alfie as your center back pairing this season. Uh, so far, uh, we, we're probably going to see Millie come back at some point, um, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but that is an interesting center back combo right there. Um, and, he, and, and as you mentioned, which I think is really, really important, which is one, you got one is going to be ball player and another one's going to be defender and they stick their head in. Yeah. You know, and, and Maria certainly does that. I do think Maria can do better. I expect better from her. I, I think she can do better um, and so forth. Um, Alfie, I'm, I don't have anything positive or negative either way. She's, she's been she's in solid. I like Maria getting, a, getting her head in there, as you said. I really like that. I love that. Um, but I think she can do a little bit better. I've, I've seen her get caught out too many times. I've seen her ball watch a little bit too much and get played out of position um and so forth i I want her to i do want to see her improve there but that's not really but is that really her natural position center back yeah it is okay yeah because she's played on the wing before um so okay i i would hope for a little bit a little bit more from her as far as that's concerned so it is a it is a b for me um, leaning more towards the C to be honest. But again, that's also, I got to pull it back to a B because Chelsea skews it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the point. You take the Chelsea game completely out of the out equation. Of it. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, you clean sheets against Reading, uh, yep. a goal that we still don't know whether it should be a goal or not against <laughs> right. Leicester, right. Uh, a clean sheet against Birmingham and then the, the City game, which, well, we're not talking about the City game. And I think, I think overall the defence has done really well you know the Chelsea game we will never know what might have been because of what happened so early on and, and we've talked yeah. about that yep. but I think overall when you look at the defence if you take the Chelsea game out of the equation which I know you can't because it's we're doing a, a quarter season review yeah you, you're looking at I think you are looking at a, a B but just because mm-hmm. of what what's happened but you know, I understand the C as well. I do. I get both. But I think for me, I'm going slightly higher because after the Chelsea game, you, you could have expected and might have expected the defenders to have their heads down on the ground and not sure what would, what's going to happen. But actually, they came out the following game, heads held high, kept a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay. Yeah, and and that and, and that's why I give it a B too because it, it because I think Chelsea looks like an outlier situation, and as the season goes on, I think it's going to even itself out and and it will be seen as the true the the true outlier. So that kind of segue heads held high uh, is the theme that I want to segue into our discussion about Mark Skinner so far. Yeah. Um, you know, he might be the addition of the season. For for the squad, you know, in terms of his coaching so far. Now, now we do have only a quarter of the season, um, but we do have that landmark moment that I keep talking about with managers, new managers uh, on their new squads, where you have had to face adversity, uh, and certainly that Chelsea outlier match was uh, a adverse situation in my book and and we saw how united responded after that so um so i want your thoughts on and grade for mark skinner and his team um going for you know for the first quarter 
uh, and knowing we only have the first quarter really to judge. I've got to say I'm, I've been impressed by what he's done. Uh, he's obviously come in when a, a lot of the fan base were were and have been underwhelmed by him being named as mm-hmm. as manager, especially with the the fallout from Casey. And I think over the summer, the lack of empathy, I think I'll put it say as the empathy towards Mark coming in as manager was. It was pretty low. I thought. I thought some of the fan base were, you know, those, you know, this guy's not right for the job. Who is? Well, you know, he doesn't do. He's not done anything. He's managed Birmingham in in the WSL, and he's left them to go to Orlando, and he's not done anything in Orlando. And yet he's come to United, and the first thing he's done is turn around um, what I would say was a very down and out team. There was no. I don't think I think I don't think I'd be unfair to say there's no positivity coming from towards the end of Casey's games. We, we you know from when Casey from January until when Casey left, I think we won what three four games in that period. We lost to Leicester in our last ever in Casey's last ever game against in the F, Leicester in the FA Cup. We lost to Reading, and if we had beat that won that game against Reading, we would have finished third in the league and we would have been in the Champions League. And what Mark's done is he's kind of said, right, that's all happened. Forget it done i can't change that what we can do now is make going forward is, is change things going forward and i've mentioned it a couple of times when i've been on, the, on here with you keith and I, you know he's got in he's gone in and he's not wanting to know about kirsty hansen the right winger he's gone in wanting to know about kirsty hansen he's gone in wanting to know about alessia russo he's gone in wanting to know about players not as players he wants to get to know them as as human beings. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, you and I, you mentioned it to get to know a person on a personal level before a managing level, it's completely different. And mm-hmm. he's gone in that. And what you can see is, is that there is a positivity coming from that team, that squad. There's a togetherness and that togetherness, I don't think was there last towards the back end of last season. Now his tactics, I think he's, 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 He's done some really good things and he's done some things that a lot of people would go, the guy's you no know, good, just just get him out. I think, uh, you know, during pre-season, he, he swapped um, Hannah, he swapped Leah and Kirsty from right to left. He gave him, played them for 45 minutes on the opposite side that we usually would play. And in the game status now, he's done that with Hannah and Anna. He's swapped them from left to right. He's making... For me, I think he's making Katie Zellen more of a DM than an attacking midfielder. And he's obviously got Tooney as a number nine. But what he's doing that I don't think Casey did as much, and I, you know, I, I will never know the reason, he's relying on his staff to help as well. And that's what they're there for. As much as the book does stop with the manager, he's also got coaches that he trusts, that he's, you know, Martin Howe and Ian Wilcock have been Ian Wilcock has been there as goalkeeper coach since 2018. Martin Howe came in last season as, as Casey's new assistant when when Glenn Harris stepped down. And but he's speaking more to them. He's taking their advice. And I, I, I said it at the very beginning, I don't think Mark's afraid of making a mistake. I think as long as you make a mistake for the right reasons, he will accept it and he will get a lot, he will say, Yeah, you were we were right. But Take the Chelsea game out of the equation just for a minute. Reading, 2-0, I thought we played really well that game. Leicester, I think the scores flattered Leicester. I I, I really do. Um, then we had the Chelsea game, but we'll come back to that in, in a second. Then you have Birmingham. And for Birmingham, the Birmingham away game, for me, was the most complete performance I've seen from a United women's team for a long time. We were, there wasn't, I, I couldn't, I said it at the time, I don't think you could pick a player of the match from United because every one of them was on was that good that night. You've then got City. Well, that was Refgate. That was a game that was, was done by a referee. United should have won it. So overall, if you look at those, and then you've got the Durham game, which is a cup game, so anything could happen. But he, during that game, and I said it last week, he and his assistants, they were all giving positive messages out to the players when 
we've conceded the second goal in, in the last few minutes. So out of all of those games, you've got to say, well, if you're grading it on just those games, you're going to go, well, he's done really well in all of them. He's he's drawn. The only game he's done drawn against is, is City, which we should have won. So taking out the Chelsea game, if you're grading it on just in all those games, with the exception of Chelsea, you're going to go, well, it's an A because he's not lost the game yet, really. He's unbeaten in the league. However, you can't. You've got to go bring the Chelsea game back into into the equation and you must bring that game back into the equation. The Chelsea game was was a game for me that would set a standard of what I thought we could do against the teams, the bigger teams this season. However, sometimes, and just sometimes, you have to tip your hat to the opposition. And on that Sunday, Chelsea were the best team by a mile. There is no ifs, buts or maybes about it. Chelsea were the best team and they deserved to win. Yes, you can say there was two offsides and we can bring all that into it. But still, Chelsea would have beaten us 4-1 instead of 6-1. Mm-hmm. United didn't do anything that day. And I don't think I'm, I would, I'd be the only one to say that. I think most people say that. On that day, on that day, his tactics let himself down mm-hmm. because he went too positive. And I, I understand you play Chelsea sometimes at their own game and it works. You'll get a goal, then you'll get a second goal and you might just get them on an off day. However, on that day, I thought he got it wrong in a couple of, in just one or two mm-hmm. positions. And bringing that back into the equation of where I think he's gone so far, I think, again, you have to go back down to a B because of that Chelsea game, because there were some bad decisions made in that game on, on his part. And as we said before, the book stops with the manager. And on, on, if, on this occasion, on the Chelsea game, you've got to say Mark made a couple of mistakes in, in the lineup, maybe tactically. So overall for Mark and his staff and his tactics, it, 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 it's a fair B. If, if the Chelsea game hadn't happened, I might have been looking at an A. But you can't not look at the Chelsea game because it's happened. So it's a, it's a B from me. Yeah, I, I would have to agree on all of those things. I when I judge when I judge managers, I judge them on three things. I judge them on tactics, personnel management, uh, or what people would call man management, but I'll call it personnel management. Uh, and that's on the pitch and off the pitch. Then that also leaks into emotional intelligence, and that's also off the pitch and on the pitch. And the men- the thing that you mentioned earlier, and you've mentioned it before, and it's great that you mentioned it again, is the idea of the of getting to know the players as players, as people, given the fact that this is a sport, they're athletes, you have to, I think that's something you need to do. Uh, They're not going into, uh, these players are not going into a place that makes widgets uh, where they're, they're in a factory and they're, they just do the same thing over and over again. They are players They use all of their body, mind, spirit, everything uh, on the pitch. You have to get to know them as people period, in order to really do a solid job and really know also know how to manage them as, you know, as you move along and how they interact with the team and what kind of personality do they got? What are the things they like? What are the things they don't like? Uh, what are some of their pet peeves? You know, one of the some things, how do you, how do they, how do they motivate themselves? Uh, what do you need to do in order to motivate them? Um, and so forth. I have the, as a manager myself, I have those conversations because I need to know about them in order to understand how best to coach them, how best to manage them in what they're doing. And it's the same thing that Mark is doing. And he's doing a, sounds like he's doing a very good job. You have also mentioned Mark, multiple examples of how Mark Skinner on the, on the touchline has been encouraging. It's been positive. He's, you know, um, you know, in, and even his team doing the same thing on the touchline, you know, saying, Hey, you know, Hey, keep it up. You know, let's keep moving you know, wipe that off. It's okay. Let's keep going, you know, and so forth. Just keeping, keeping, as I said, at the open heads held high um, and so forth. Tactically, um, you know, I, it's really hard. I think tactically, to be honest, um, I have nothing negative to say. I think um, the Chelsea game was an experiment that went wrong. Yeah. It, it just was an experiment that went wrong. I think I know what he was trying to do. 
it just didn't really work and the and he didn't have the right lineup for it um you know to 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 you know he didn't uh what i, I kind of call that match he didn't have the right lineup to deal with the blowback that was going to happen if the tactic failed on on the offensive side so so there you have it but when you are a new manager on a new team you are what literally that Chelsea match was. I'm actually going to give him a little bit more credit than you. It was the third game of the season. And now he had some preseason games. It's really hard to come in as a new manager, essentially put in a new tactic in place, trying to get to know the players and then, you know, try to face the second best team in Europe. <laughs> um, I'm going to, you know, I mean, so, I'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass for that one because it's just hard to get a tactic in there and get it flowing the way you want. Now Birmingham, which ironically was one week later, <laughs> you know, it it came together. Yeah, we saw elements of it with Manchester City. Um, you know, even though that's Roughgate City right there, but yeah. um, but we saw elements of that. We saw we've seen it. We saw it with Dur- in, and Durham to a lesser degree because it was a different lineup um, and so forth. So that it takes a while for a tactic to come through. So I'm not gonna get mark off too much for Chelsea. I'm not gonna mark off too much for that. But it's a solid B. Um, I really hope it continues. I really do. Um, he seems like a solid coach, solid guy. Um, you know, he's someone it's easy to root for, um, yeah. I think, um, and so forth. And I think, you know, his, his personality seems to go well with the personality of his team. Um, you know, so, you know, um, so we'll see, uh, uh, you know, he's had that Chelsea game certainly was adversity bounce back from that. I mean, there'll be more adversity to come. Um, but you will bounce back from it. So I, I give a solid B. So we look at the points. We're, we're giving double points for, for the coaching. Um, so that's going to be six instead of three. Three for the defense goal. Two for midfield and three. So that gives us five, eight, 14. And doing some really quick math. So grade point average is a 2.8, which is a high C. It's a high C you know, close to a B level work right there uh, and so forth, which just to me is about right. Seems yeah. fair. What do you, we're in the middle. We're somewhere yeah, in the middle. middle. Right yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good start. It's a, I mean, and that's, and that's what it is. And, and um, the run of games coming up, Tottenham, Everton with a new manager, that's going to be interesting and a big one against Arsenal yeah. um, along, you know, and you got the Conti cup in there. It's in there too. Um, so, um, uh, with that said, I mean, it, you know, winnable games ahead. Tottenham's winnable. Everton's winnable. Yeah, um, you're, look, you're looking at those two first. Those those two first you want to... Everton under a new manager, you're hoping whoever it... When it's announced, whoever it may be, they haven't got quite settled yet as a team, so you can have the right. kind of go at them. Tottenham is is right now the game you, you've... We've yeah, got to you've focus, got to focus on. on that, yes. We've got to focus Absolutely. on that. And, and we've mm-hmm. still got a week to go more, or just over right. 10 days to go to like... Get that, take, and obviously that changes the table. We go third, they go fourth, etc., cetera, yep. etc. Cetera. But we've got some games. But coming up after that, we've then got the winter break, and then we're back into the January again. And we never start. Well, I, I don't know whether you know your viewers, if you watch United or not, watch us after an international break. In and you know we never start well, so expect mm-hmm. it, expect mm-hmm. it because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Out of the next three games, you know, like you said, uh, Tottenham, Everton, Arsenal, six points is a pure minimum. You need mm-hmm. six points. Yeah. Take six points and, you know, if you get anything more, great, but minimum of six points. And I, I don't like to look too far ahead because Everton, sorry, the Arsenal game's not until December. We're coming mm-hmm. up to the end of October, but let's get you know, I, I think with women's football, it's a conversation probably for a different time. Momentum, it's all about momentum. And now you're coming mm-hmm. into what I call the the, the the busy period of football with the, all mm-hmm. the Christmas games coming up and whatever else. And especially in the women's game, we've got Conti Cup games, league games. You're now going to be able to pick up a bit of momentum and see where you're going. So for me, out of the next two league games, 
or the next three league games, you want nine points. Out of the Conti Cup games, you want at least four points to make sure you go through the table, mm. if not more. So it's all about momentum. And where we are right now is probably exceeding some people's expectations. And for others, it might be under-exceeding. People would obviously want to top of the league by, you know, <laughs> whatever. By January, but, like it was last season. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and, I, and I think where we are right now is a true reflection of where we are as, as a team. And I, I think Agreed. And that, I, and I, I agree think, with that. And, and I think right now we are in the best position to, to gain momentum to go further. But right now we are where we are and I'm very happy with it. And I think overall, the performances throughout taking out the Chelsea game, we've played well in most of the games in parts, except mm-hmm. then, the, then obviously there's the Chelsea game. But overall, I'm, I'm really happy where we are. And with that, thank you so much, Mark. Great hey, takes as always. We can probably go all day, and we, but we don't have all day. We don't have all night. We don't have that. But it's always great to talk to you, Mark, about, uh, about the United women. Uh, in going forward, I, I think you always bring in uh, some balanced insight, um, you know, um, not a whole lot of hyperbole or anything like that. Um, so and we got to get that referee roundtable. Uh, yeah, together. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and so forth. So, um, yeah. So that is it for again. Thank you so much, Mark, for, for coming on. You're welcome. Um, thank you. And so we're going to wrap things up for today. Tomorrow, we're going to have Kate on with the Manchester City Official Supporters Club to talk about her grades that she will hand out. I, I wonder what kind of grade that Garth Garrett Taylor is going to get from Kate. Um, and uh, it'll be, this will be, that'll be interesting. Tune in for that. Um, also, remember, smash a like, subscribe, share. That's, that's just remember that. Like, subscribe, share. Okay. Remember those three things. Perfect. So forth. Remember my advertising budget is a venti coffee every week. Uh, one, um, not one a day, one a week. Um, so that's what it is. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for such for watching. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, look out for Arsenal and Chelsea. Those have just been posted. This one will post later. Uh, it is we're recording on a Wednesday. Talk to you later and take care.